Hey, what's up, everybody? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcast. Oh, that's the other show that I do this with. <laughs> it feels like I should do it for this show. Let me tell you why. Normally, Kevin does the intro and I hang in the balance with some sort of one-liner waiting for him to do the joke before he gets to me. But Kevin is not here. Kevin is on a little mini vacation before he has... Uh, Kevina or Kevin Jr. I'm not really sure if they've settled that as a name yet, but we're waiting with bated breath. Nonetheless, Rafa Sparza here with you today. We're going to go over the results of Over Under Kevin, and it feels like almost like an ambush to do it without Kevin, which is why we're doing it. So today we welcome back to the show the person who was interviewing one Nate Diaz last week. May get the opportunity to do it again here tonight. We're not sure. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Shoot Podcast, one Giancarlo, a.k.a. the one and only G-Baby. G-Baby, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing great. Thank you for that introduction. (laughs) You're welcome. I realized we didn't really get into the backstory of where does one get the nickname G-Baby? Because maybe your listeners just go, oh, I don't need that backstory. But where does that name come from? Uh, To tell you the truth, it was from... um... I don't know if you ever watched this YouTube channel called Masthetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the co, like one of the I guess co-hosts of that YouTube channel, Simon, he uh, trains with us at uh, Ten Planet, and for some reason he was just like, "All right, G baby," and I was just like, "Oh okay," and then Nate was like, "That's it, that's your nickname," and I was like, "God damn it!" I didn't really want that as a nickname because of my size, but I was like, "Oh well, I'll take it," and it just. Stuck with me. <laughs> but you're the person that in passing has told me, that's eh, cool, just bill me as G-Baby. <laughs> so you have owned it. You have taken a liking to it. It's just this information is shocking to me because <laughs> I thought that there would be a story in which you said, oh, they said it. I heard it. I knew that was the one. But instead I'm hearing, ah, yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, guess so. I feel like any nickname with baby, no one really likes it at first, and then they're just like, ah, oh, well. And, like, even Brandon Moreno hated that nickname, Assassin Baby. Uh, Well, he's cashing in pretty nicely on it right now, so I don't think he has any complaints. We're going to get to talking about it. You know what? Screw it. Let's start with him, because we should be talking about Izzy's uh, dismantling of Marvin Vittori, but that almost seems anticlimactic given the fact that we had assassin baby taking home a championship in amazing fashion which by the way the wikipedia page that i'm looking at right now does not have him listed as parenthetical c which is for champ but i digress i know it's it's a little (laughs) weird but i digress very very uh cool thing so tell me what was your interpretation of seeing that man win obviously everybody was looking at it on uh, the next day or they saw those posts that were going up and saying, listen, this was a dude who was last picked, who was also kicked out of the UFC for not performing up to their standards, fought Mm -hmm. his way back, and now is champion. What was your first reaction when you saw that he won? Uh, I got really emotional, actually, because I've been watching him since the Ultimate Fighter, and I like I was really like I really liked him on the show. He was really funny, and just for him being a Spanish speaker and Latino, I, you know, I, I really like grew close like grew close to like watching him perform. And whenever he's like fighting, I'm like I had to watch it, uh, and I don't know. It gave me the same like 
Eddie Guerrero winning the WWE title <laughs> in, uh, against uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> it has that same feel to it, and everyone was just cheering. Everyone was loud. I mean, of course, Brandon didn't cheat to win it, but he won it, you know? <laughs> he did not lie, cheat, or steal, which was very disappointing to a number of very, very <laughs> prominent Hispanic people. I would tell you this, though. I don't know that you get to celebrate him. I think he's ours. Okay? Like, I don't... happy for you guys. Thank you. That's all I really wanted to hear, if I'm really being honest. Because, uh, you know, listen, dude, it's not like I saw Jennifer Lopez at the Super Bowl with Shakira and said, yep, that one's us. I was like, ah, yeah. shit, the Puerto Ricans got us on this one. So spicy. God damn it. Um, what I would tell For you real. is seeing him accomplish that, I felt in my heart like so much happiness for him because there was a moment where he submits the champion and then he's just kind of in a daze, maybe about two, three minutes pass and then uncontrollable emotion, almost as if he didn't actually process what had happened to him. Now, this is weird because, you know, when you knock somebody out or you submit them and they tap, you kind of know you won. So this was alarming to see him go, oh my God, like the look on his face was priceless. And I think that more than anything did me in because I said, damn, dude, this is a dude who did know that he won and yet it still felt surreal even when it happened. So I I thought that was pretty cool. I felt like that. I felt his emotional roller coaster because, like, he, uh, I don't know, something about his energy makes you just drawn to it and make you feel what he feels. Like, when he was, like, crying, mm-hmm. I was like, damn. <laughs> you, just, you just can't help but be happy for the guy. I also am a huge fan of bringing in the kids with headphones on. So, those noise canceling headphones and the kid looking around because you know when they see that in 20 years, they're going to go, Oh, shit. What the fuck was I doing in there? It's like, well, the whole family's got to be in it. We got to get a photo. Come on. I'll tell you this much, though. I think the day before I put up a post and I said, you know, I kind of want to see Mexican McLovin win. I'll explain that. First off, I saw Figgy Smalls push Mourinho and I thought, why would you do that? Like we, the hype is there. The hype is already, we saw your last fight. We know it's going to be fire. Did mm-hmm. you get a sense from that moment on that maybe Figgy Smalls was mm, a little nervous? Oh, for sure. <laughs> and like, and you saw Brandon so calm about it, <laughs> which was scarier. I think it was a credit to whoever made that meme. I don't know who it is, but it's just smiling and doing nothing. Yeah. Figueroa pushes him like uncontrollable rage to go take advantage of him. So I'll tell you this much. I I saw a number of different reactions. I got a number of people who chimed in because I put up something and I said, listen, I was in the process of doing an edit for a video while I was watching the fights. Um, We filmed something that I'm very excited about, but it was getting late. And I was like, fuck, dude, I'm kind of tired. Maybe I'll just watch the fights. I saw him win and I go, I'm pretty confident. It is his ability to take Vittori, but I'm so motivated to keep editing this thing, even though I want to take the night off. It just felt like a great moment to anybody who has that kind of uh, drive, that that perseverance and watching him speak afterwards. 
I think most people in New Mexico didn't speak Spanish. But if they <laughs> didn't, by the end of that speech, they probably learned a little bit of oh, right there. Sure. What do you think happens next for him? <sighs> so, next up, I think that's tough because there's a. I got to look at the rankings, but I know him and Joseph Benavides are close. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he'll fight him. He kind of looks at him like a coach figure because it was his coach in the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, maybe against Askar Askarov. Okay. That or a rematch between him and Davis and Figueredo. I mean, Davison's probably thinking that. And I have to say, it was really nice to see Davison uh, pick him up and, and definitely carry him around a little bit. What does seem odd to me, though, is I try to put myself in the fighter shoes every once in a while when somebody does mm-hmm. try and pick you up. Yeah. And I'll tell you this much. After I've fought you, you don't need to pick me up. Yeah. <laughs> like, legitimately, I respect you. Thank you for the offer. I got to find the polite way of declining it and saying, mm, no, thanks. We're good, man. You know what? How about we go get a, a beer afterwards, which BT dubs did happen. And not only did it happen, but it happened in the most epic of ways where all I could think about was, holy shit, you can break a dude's arm and yet still hit him at the after party. And that was, I, I swear to God, I'm not kidding you. I legitimately thought after Paul Craig was a massive beast and Jamal Hill you thought to yourself, oh, my God, his arm's never going to be the same. This dude's mm-hmm. his hands <laughs> flopping in the middle of a triangle. It looked like he could have been tapping out, but was just in a comedic situation where he goes, I'm tapping. But it yeah. looks like my arm's wobbling because it's broken. Ugh. And then we come to find out he's OK. Not only just OK, but hanging out and drinking with one Paul Craig. So I thought that was a, that was the kind of wholesome material that we thought. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. <laughs> so let's talk about that for a second. Was there vomit in the mouth when you saw that triangle? Oh, dude, I I was, I had to like, you know, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Pipple Popper and I couldn't stomach that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me what the real appeal of that show is? Because my wife watches it. And I look at her and I think, you. this is the trash TV I will not join you with. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I'm like, man, I hate this show. And I keep watching it. And I'm like, this is so disgusting. And I'm still staring <laughs> at it. And I'm like, how are they doing this? What type of hypnosis do, are they like practicing for me to stay glued to this TV? Because I hate everything about this but love it. I don't mm. know. I don't understand it. Understood. Okay. I, I've been kind of wondering <laughs> – what the appeal is and sometimes i see the episode and i I just look at her and i go don't no let's (laughs) never be that person okay let's uh let's reverse things a little bit we're gonna go back in the order we'll go up to the top of the card israel adesanya what is he seeing that the rest of the people in his division cannot see and cannot put up a good fight against like what is the missing element that they don't have that he does i don't know i think it's just a psychological warfare thing more than anything you know i i think i see this uh pattern too when it comes to like like these champions that seem so unbeatable like anderson silva who was just 
a freaking nature of his time, George St. Pierre, just people that dominate their division, they have that psychological factor with them. And I always see Izzy so calm, and you see like his opponents always so nervous. I want to point this out because yeah. to me, <laughs> I try to take things at face value. Yeah. So I, I know it's easy to get caught up in the drama. And don't get me wrong. It's fun to talk about it. But afterwards, Izzy and Marvin seemed to exchange some words. There was no love loss uh, stemming all the way from the press conference to putting on some pants backwards the night of your biggest fight, which is the <laughs> saddest thing I think I've ever seen in the UFC. Uh, because you talk about a fact that Vittori was looking at Izzy during the press conference and going, I'm so in his head. He doesn't even know it. Then shows up <laughs> with his goddamn pants backwards. And you think, oh, no, this is not going to go well for you, right? Like, you're not in the frame of mind to beat the style bender. So... <gasps> When I did look at that, I was a little nervous for Marvin, and it was a respectable effort. But at the very end, when Izzy says, yeah, he was telling me he thought he won still. Yeah. (laughs) I took that with a little grain of salt, and I thought about it, and I go, okay, this is is kind of weird, but I'll I'll live with it. And then all of a sudden, you see... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like Vittori afterwards being like, I mean, yeah, I did think I'd win. And I go, okay, I'll give you a little bit more slack because maybe you shouldn't be saying the most quotable things after you fought and you're exhausted. I'll give you a day. Does an interview where he goes, I mean, I didn't win, <laughs> but I also don't think I was the recipient of 50 45s. <laughs> and there's still a large part of me that goes, oh, man, I wish I could sit down and watch this fight with you just to have you explain it to me. <laughs> because I'm not, maybe I'm not getting it. Maybe I, maybe I didn't understand the uh, methods behind your fence pushing and where the offense was on that. But to Izzy's credit, he did have some defense for that. And I thought that was a, an impressive thing. So it is hard to take that into consideration when – Vittoria looked, all things considered, all due respect, maybe a little one-dimensional against Izzy. But who isn't? <laughs> it is funny, dude. Oh, I feel like Marvin Tori's the type of guy that you have to talk him into. Like, no, dude, she's not into you. <laughs> Just oh, get over it, bro. <laughs> she's not looking at you. She's actually <laughs> looking at the bathroom, checking where it's at. <laughs> that guy remarkably real and remarkably... <laughs> accurate and the more i think about it it's definitely the dude who's just sitting at the bar and you're just like bro i hate to tell you man you're not going home with her Uh, so okay i had people asking me what the fuck are we gonna do with izzy and uh, that night i don't know if you saw any part of the post pressers but if you didn't allow me a quick opportunity to tell you what they're thinking dana white said they are looking and expressing the idea of Bobby Knuckles Izzy three. Wait, they fought for two times. I thought they only fought once. Oh, maybe they only fought once. Man, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I know that they talked about it so many times. No, they were talking about a Bobby Knuckles uh, fight against him again, and all I could think about was, eh, bro, we're good here. <laughs> Because to me, Israel Adesanya is just, he's 
in a good place with the division. But as you mentioned, it is nice to have him going up against, like, you know, people in a way that you would see Anderson Silva beat up people. And you go, we kind of need this guy right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I'm going to ask you a leading question, and then I'm going to tell you the method behind this. But if you were to drive inspiration from anything, what would you say is the weirdest place you have ever drawn inspiration from? So, like, when you say you're wanting to get better at jiu-jitsu, have you watched a YouTube video or have you read a book that has nothing to do with jiu-jitsu but that you get really hyped and say, man, I grew inspired by that for my jiu-jitsu game? <laughs> um, is this book Paul, by this chef named Paul Liebrandt. Uh He's a, a like a three. He's a two star, two Michelin star chef and uh, from England, but he has a restaurant in Brooklyn. And his, uh, I read his autobiography once, and I was just like, man, I just need to keep on going. Who like who cares if I like, you know, don't make money off of like don't make money off of it it's the art that matters and like the lifestyle will take me there but it was really that uh that book for sure (laughs) okay i'm glad you said that because oddly that does make more sense than what i'm about to tell you what i'm about to tell you is at the end of the press conference which by the way was the bat shittiest of press conferences i've seen in a little (laughs) bit and i'll tell you a few details why but at the end of the whole wacky night of press conferences Israel Adesanya said, you know, uh, I draw inspiration from like a whole bunch of different places. And uh, I mean, like, shit, man, I got inspired by watching dolphins today. (laughs) All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. I'm going to get out of here. And I go, wait, no, there should be a follow up question to that. Who the fuck leaves on I get inspiration from dolphins to go out here and fight? Because what you said, G, baby, makes sense to me. Oh, from chefs who are good at their craft awesome motherfuckers out here defending finding ways out of rear naked chokes and then at the very end of it going man my counter game is pretty good uh i'm just on another level striking anyway dolphins same right deuce i mean he did sexually assault marvin victoria like a dolphin so (laughs) it's very true when he did grab his ass though has, have you seen anybody play that kind of jujitsu to try and get in your head? Oh, Nate, all the time, 100%. Mm. <laughs> Did you talk to Nate about that? Because I feel like, Nate, that is really up his alley. And <laughs> I don't know that Nate is going to be somebody who makes it out of the Me Too era without any kind <laughs> of snags. But it does concern me with his jujitsu that somebody is going to go ahead and come up and be like, I was assaulted by Nasty Day Harris. And they're all guys. Yeah. <laughs> and every one of them is like, how do you think he was getting the nickname Nasty? It was because yeah. he did the nasty to me. I remember, I remember my first class with him. He's like, when in doubt, just oil check him. Always. I'm like, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I guess I know where I'm at now. <laughs> Sometimes Nate is exactly who you think he is. So that is refreshing to hear. Let's discuss this, though. Last week, you had the opportunity to talk to a guy. I don't think you were prepared. I actually have to leave right now. Now, you're not in charge of verbal tap. You just kind of, you know, you're keeping the car warm (laughs) is really what it's called. Because I'm literally the host now. I'm the host of verbal tap. Let's be very clear. 
not the host. <laughs> if people didn't listen to last week's episode where I reminded them that there was an audition process that is not happening here tonight, you are merely starting the car so that the parents can come and drive it at a time that they are a little more sober at the holiday party. So I'm giving you an opportunity. This is a web redemption moment to go ahead and interview friend of the show, one Nate Diaz. So what that's going to require of you is you have to intro him, bring him on, and then you have him for what I'm told could be three minutes. So wow, that's a long time. It is actually not a long time, if you recall, <laughs> when we interviewed one Carlos Condit. That was essentially <laughs> three-eighths of the interview, which went by very quickly. So intro Nate, bring him on. Let's see what kind of mood he's in. Gotcha. <sighs> oh, well. All right, then. Uh, here is, uh, you know, Ultimate Fighter winner jiu-jitsu wizard it is 209's stockton's nate diaz well, you're calling me a wizard for you <laughs> no, how are you doing today nate? I'm, I'm all right I'm, you know i'm not a wizard you're not a wizard no nah, dog what are you then i'm definitely not, whatever that harry potter shit i'm the opposite of that man like I mean, like, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, that's my shit. But, like, nah, dog, that's it. I'm not that guy. So you only like one movie of Harry Potter? Yeah, fuck those other fucking movies. You know what happens? It's like, oh, no, friendship. Oh, that's what's going to kill Voldemort. Voldemort's a straight-up bitch, dog. Like, <laughs> no disrespect, but that guy don't have a nose. It's like, dog, how you going to fight somebody with no nose? Oh, wait, I do it all the time. Anyway, go on. <laughs> You know that that kind of surprises me because like usually you you always represent your like your your homies like like Jake Shields, Gilbert Melendez. Like you don't care about friendship. Dog, I love friendship, but you know what? Not gonna kill like a supernatural super villain. Friendship. You're right. Anyways, uh, how oh, do you I got fucking magical fight? powers. I'm gonna fucking kill you. You know what's gonna stop it? This friendship force field. You fucking bitch. <laughs> He's so fucking lame. Anyway, what's your question? So, uh, how was, uh, so how do you feel after your fight against Leon Edwards? You know, the thing that I qualify is, I mean, obviously I won it, so the streets know that. Um, but I let that little fucking bitch kind of like get away and like go and call himself the guy who technically won the fight. You know, Nate. I feel like if it was a 10-round fight, that, that fight was all yours. From here on out, seven rounds only, dog. For sure, man. You're changing the game. So I guess my question for me, since you're not asking it, is, um, Nate, what's next for you? Oh, well, interview guy, I think like, I'm going to smoke some weed, and I guess I'm going to change the game. Uh, oh, you know what's really fun though, G baby? You ever do this shit? What? When you like should win a fight, but then you point at the guy and you're like, hey, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> and then you realize, oh shit, I should have won the fight. All the time, man. That's how I lost my last grappling match. It's not what I heard, but I, I would tell you, <laughs> dog, I'm, um, it's kind of sad because. Everybody was starting to talk to me like I was fucking dead. Like at the press conference, Dana was looking at me and he's like, 
What are we going to do with Nate Diaz? I don't fucking know. And I was like, the fuck you don't mean you don't know. Which really is just code for he don't want to pay me anymore. I mean, dude, you you cost a lot of money. I have stocks now, and like, I, I, it's hard for me. Oh, I see how it is. You went from being everybody should get fucking health care to fucking, you know what, Dana? Don't give out three bonuses. I'm sorry, man. It's just, it is what it is, man. And it's not what it is. You know what it is? It's not. It isn't. That's what it is. I want to tell you guys this. Three things. First, I want to tell you the same thing that I told fucking Leon. Um, Neon Edwards? Um, hold on. Leon Edwards? No, I'm pretty sure it's Neon. Uh, Neon Edwards. I told that bitch. I went up to him. I was like, yo, dog, wait on all win the fight. But I respect you. Get your fucking money, dog. If they tell you you ain't worth shit, you fucking yell at them. And then afterwards, you take a test, and then you piss in that cup, and then you say, fuck you, bitch, and then you throw it in their face. And you're like, ah, take that. Two, I'm going to tell you this, G-Baby. If you want to fucking make it a knife, you only got to know one thing. Smoke weed every day. Yay. For and real. Number three, fucking Mexican McLovin. Me and you, super bad three. I I ship this. I'm just saying, think about it. I'd be in the fucking Jonah Hill role because I have, like, you know, got that Jonah Hill energy. My brother Nick is going to be the Michael Sarah because, you know, he mm-hmm. okay. And then we get Mexican McLovin, super bad three. Let's fucking do it. Hell yeah, it takes place in Stockton. What else is it gonna take place in Idaho? <laughs> anyway, bitch, I'm out of this. Thank you so much. I gave you more than three minutes, and you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Smoke weed every day. G baby. <laughs> yeah. How did it go? It was way better than I thought it would be. Were you able to get in a word edgewise with him? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. What did you learn from him this time? Just, I learned how to talk to people because of Nate. Now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope that is the real big lesson that we pull away from when Nate Diaz. All right, let's go down the card. Bilal Muhammad beat Damian Maya. Depressing for jujitsu, but it seemed like at the very end of the day, Nate Diaz was saying to the reporters. No, I wouldn't be interested in a fight with somebody like Damian Maya because I feel like we're on the same side, the jiu-jitsu side, to which Damian Maya heard that and goes, oh, I would be honored to fight you, Nate Diaz. If I've only got one fight left, it should be you. Your reaction. Damn. I didn't even know that. Uh, I would love to watch that fight. But I mean, it's, it would be heartbreaking because I love both of them. If you just think about it, though, the fact that Nate Diaz... Who clowns everybody, has no love loss for anybody, says, please don't make me fight that guy. I really like him. Does not say that about a bunch of people. And yet, Damian Maya hears that and goes, what did he? Oh, no, I want to fight him. That's that's a good idea. It's because Damian Maya is the real West Coast gangster. (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. Damian Maya is really the one that gets thug life with some sunglasses and a gift. (laughs) 
I mean, to be fair, it is kind of a smart play by Damon Maya. I just, all I could think of was, I took the date Diaz line on that one, and I said, no, don't fight him. Don't play into this. We don't need this. And then I kind of started warming up to it, and then after I started warming up to it, I said, "Uh, is that what's really going to happen now? Because, as you mentioned, he costs a lot of money. I don't think Dana wants to pay that. So, if anything, that seemed to be what Dana was signaling that night. All right, let me go ahead and bring up to you the batshit portion of the post-presser, okay? There were a few things, one of which was when Dana White was credited by a nut-hugging reporter (laughs) for upholding the Constitution. What? Yeah, it was fucking weird, dude. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck happened in it. And it was like, I wish I could explain this to you in a way that like makes more sense. But he said, like the reporter goes, hey, Dana, you know, you're coming off a pretty good year. How do you feel about being the like organization that upholds uh, the Constitution in a world where it's getting way more like you can't speak your mind? <laughs> Dana looks Jeez. at him and goes, yeah, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Um, man, you know, that's the great thing about this. You do get people like Colby Covington who come in here and they say what they want. And then you also get people like uh, Woodley with his Black Lives Matter bullshit. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we get some other people. So, uh, yeah, we've been, we, you know, it's nice to be leading at the front on the Constitution. And I go, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Oh, man. Meanwhile, cut to Errol Hawani going, I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> yeah. Are we talking freedom of speech here? Okay, I just want to make sure. We're also talking to a number of banned people from mm-hmm. Journalism Row who just go, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sounds cool. Such bullshit. But let me tell you the one that really got me. Because we started this show talking a little bit about some Puerto Ricanness, which I understand very important to you. You're about to go home very soon. Are you excited yep, next to be home? Week. Is this when's the last time you were home? Uh, four years ago. So this is a huge homecoming, then, right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen my mother in four years. I haven't seen Puerto Rico after the hurricane either, so it's probably mm. going to be a different place. But I feel like I'm a different person, so I'm really excited to go back home and just. Spend those eight days, and Nate Harris is actually coming with me and a training partner as well. No, that's a bad yeah. choice. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. I'm so I'm glad you went from being like, sports. well, you know, I did get sexually harassed by Nate, so I think it's a good idea to take him to another country. It seems like the only logical <laughs> thing to do in another place. For real? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean... It was funny the way it happened. I was at, we were just uh, moving the gym to the new location Mm. and we were just having lunch and I was like, hey, I got my tickets. And they were like, cool, we got our tickets too. I was like, well, I guess this is happening. I guess you guys are coming (laughs) with me. It's very much a sitcom. Well, I guess we're going to go meet the Flintstones. All right. See you guys in a few. I want to point this out though, okay? At one point during the press conference, and I hope that people, if you are into your culture, totally cool. If you are not into your culture and you think it's bullshit, do what you want. (laughs) One of the reporters started 
asking a question with the following phraseology. And I'm pretty sure that even through Dana, I think it was to Dana. If I'm wrong, please correct me, everybody. (laughs) But he said, as a former Mexican, and even Dana goes, what? (laughs) I'm like, what? So they were trying to point because they then asked about that because everybody was trying to correct them and go, wait, but what do you mean? Yeah. Like, like what the fuck does that even mean? So I ask you if you started a sentence with as a former Puerto Rican, what would that mean to you? Like, what kind of. (laughs) thing would have to happen before you even said "Mm, thank you for asking as a former puerto rican (laughs) man i guess uh you know that just means like you you disowned your uh culture you disowned you disowned your uh i guess your identity i mean if logan paul represents puerto rico one more time i probably have to do the same (laughs) (laughs) that's fair (laughs) Yeah, him and uh, Gordon Ryan are really leading the culture there. Oh, my God. Are you going to go find the Danaher death squad? Uh, we might be training with them. Hopefully. <gasps> wow. Yep. Man, some hopefully. authentic Puerto Rican training. Look at that. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> Let me bring this up, though. Yeah. I, hearing that phrase, could not help but think, what would it take for me to say as a former Mexican? <laughs> so I, I tried to play that. And you brought up a very good point, which is, oh, I've disowned my race. I've disowned my culture. Yeah. You know, something like along those yeah. lines. Somebody pushed back on that. And he goes, I think it was Dana. Where he goes, well, what do you mean by that? And he goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm saying I used to be a Mexican, but I've become a citizen. Eh? Okay. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I think he's just watching out, you know? Well, okay, but even that is the worst save any human has ever heard in their entire yeah. life. I'm being like, no, 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 no. I might have been born somewhere else, but I am formally for there. And it's like, yeah, you know what, dude? Don't be surprised if some current Mexicans go outside of your car and find you and help you find a way home, I guess you is a nice way uh, my girlfriend has a dual citizenship, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to marry her, right? Sure. Just so when we go to Mexico City, I will be a Mexican citizen, so I can say Viva Mexico and actually like proudly, so we can be cousins, rough. No, that's not how that works. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Primo. <laughs> no, you will not be meeting me at the Mexican cookouts. Like, no. When you show up at the fucking gazebo, I'm going to be like, get out. <laughs> Don't give that man a Modelo, the official drink of the UFC. I'm going to tell you right here, right now. I knew that I could bring this up with you. I can't really do the former Mexican talk for too long with Kevin, but I know with you, I can spend at least a good five minutes on it. Sure. Okay. I'm really starting to think if I really had to say as a former Mexican, I think it would have to be predicated in things like, mm, I used to have a cabinet full of hot sauces, but as a former Mexican, I've given them up recently. Really? No, no. I mean, I'm okay. thinking of the conditions. These are not current things. Please keep my I was like, are you okay? My brown card on file status active. It's like uh, me, like 
I was a, a former – I'm like, I am a former Puerto Rican because I don't put my uh, pans and bowls in the oven anymore as storage. Um, that, that would concern me if you mm, – that's true. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> you know what, dude? It, it just – it was one of those things where – if you didn't see it, I encourage you to go watch it because it's very rare within one press conference you hear, I'm inspired by dolphins, <laughs> a sometimes militant-esque organization that's almost a little bit of a dictatorship says, you know, we're really keeping that whole free speech and constitution thing alive. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then for funsies, one of the reporters themselves says, as a former Mexican, and you think to yourself, I know there are wackier things that are happening, but these three things are pretty good. <sighs> I'm so mad that I missed it. I need to watch it now. I almost invite you to go do it. And I'm sure there's other shit that I didn't even pay attention to. Like, granted, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Izzy started his press conference eating some pizza. And so his mouth is full. And then it was kind of like, mm, Trump, you do what Trump wants, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> Which, hey, listen, dude, I'm not going to do that. And I, I even think that even Brandon Moreno was like, charmingly as he could be uh, Mick loving his way throughout the night although you know what that should have been the person who said it if he'd won and then said mm, thank you for understanding me and recognize me as a champion I identify as a champion now and as a former Mexican like that to me I think would have been the ultimate heel move for after real. everybody being like yeah we love that kid Mexican we love it forever <laughs> okay let's go through a few of these uh, these highlights on the prelims and whatnot because we just kind of need to burn through them if you did not see brad rydell versus drew dober do yourself a favor go watch that our friend drew dober put in a performance and had me nervous elated scared happy terrified probably terrified again but that was a good (laughs) fight i really did enjoy that one and credit to brad rydell because damn that was a good fight yeah, that was a that was insane. I think we saw a package pile driver in the fight too. <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned that. <laughs> Every once in a while, I have to throw in a few of the references uh, for pro wrestling moves, and Kevin just goes, "What now?" And I go, "And eh, no one Um, I also want to give some credit on over. Uh, Eric Anders picked up a decision win over Darren Stewart. Uh, Lauren Murphy split decision win over Joanne Calderwood. Uh, I had a few people who were actually in the corner of Joanne Calderwood. So, uh, you know, they were very, they were like in that space of we're proud of her. We wish it would have gone a different way. Yeah, what are you going to do? No disrespect on any of those parts. You know, there was a fun fight and credit to their coaches. Uh, Mosvar, Ivalev, and Hakim Doadu. Good fight-ish decision as well, 29-27. Let's talk about a couple things. little heartbreaking seeing Chase Hooper fall short to Steven Peterson, but even that was pretty fun. And I was thinking when I saw that fight, man, he might have a good good little, little fight here. Hopefully, we'll see if uh, fight of the night. No, it's definitely not going to stay Andrew Dober and Brad Rydell. Yeah, that's that. real. I mean, like, I like seeing Chase, though, grow as a fighter for sure. And, like, I do, watch- too. You know what I don't love is when people who are friends of the show make weight and then their opponent does not. Mm -hmm. That one to me is always like, man, I'm just glad you get the money. But do those extra pounds pay off in the end? Like, 
is it almost worth it to give up 20% of your purse just to get that win and that momentum? Because now you think with Chase, like, oh, no, he lost two fights. It's mm-hmm. over for him. Yikes. <laughs> because MMA fans will do that sort of a thing. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. Steven Peterson, credit to him, he did find a win. It was uh, fairly dominant. But anyway, uh, Terrence McKinney, though. So he fought one of my first training partners from Puerto Rico the week before. He took this fight like a week's notice. How do you get to do that? Right? <laughs> we should also point out that I had to cancel that one from both you and Kevin's uh, fight record for over under Kevin because it was listed as a different opponent uh, mm-hmm. for one Matt Favola. He was supposed to fight somebody else and, you know, shit happens, accident, we hope he's going to be okay. Uh, of course, for one, Frank Camacho. <clears throat> However, um, dude won in seven seconds, a seven yep. second knockout. I'll ask this first. Your teammate was fighting him the week before. Mm-hmm. We recorded this before that was announced last yeah. week for the show. What was your reaction when you saw that, oh, wait, the guy who fought one of my teammates is fighting this weekend? What was your thought process on that? Uh, at first, I was just like, damn, that's crazy. Because I, I think he was a little bit rocked from that fight, too, because my friend Michael hit him really hard. Mm. Uh, but he, he did win by a ground and pound, just knocked him out from his guard. <laughs> and uh, I was like, damn, that guy's like, they got to look out for him. And then just seeing him appear on UFC so quickly, I was like, what? And then seeing that he won by knockout in seven seconds, I was like, what? <laughs> so I was really like, you know, I'm really happy for the guy. He's going to make a killing in the lightweight division for sure. I thought there was a lot of notation about the fact that this dude was what? He was in a car accident and shit like that? No. So he got arrested because uh, he was uh, he took too many mushrooms and LSD. That's the one. And, yep. <laughs> and they had to like tase him. and He didn't even feel the tase because of how high he was because he was just having a bad trip. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I got the uh, Camacho story confused with him. But when they said that, yes, he essentially was told that he had died to making a UFC debut. That was the story. Sorry. Sometimes the wires get crossed. A lot of MMA narratives. Either way, to come and win, pretty amazing. However, what happened afterwards? Uh, After the... After he got arrested? No. After Terrence McKinney beat... Matt Frivola in seven seconds. Yeah. I. Oh, I will fill you in because <laughs> it's a fun story where you're like, oh, good for him. And I'm torn on this one. Really? And I'll tell you why. Because Terrence McKinney ended up injured. Oh. How did he get injured? Oh, by celebrating. Really? Yes. So. I didn't even see that part. (laughs) It was rough. Because he had previously in an LFA, you know, won a 72-second win. And that's impressive. Okay, great. I'm kind of with that one. But he injured his knee in his celebration by jumping off of the fence. Now, there were some people who were like, oh, man, he better get a fight bonus. He better get something, and he wasn't listed as one of the fight bonuses. However, 
we've been saying this for years. Mm-hmm. Y'all stress me out when you jump off the cage. And I say this as somebody, yep. full disclosure, who does not do that? Okay? So it's not – there's a little bit of jealousy. Yes, I will admit that, <laughs> that I wish I could. But I also try to caution those of you who can, not the time. I know you're thrilled, junkies. <laughs> But the dude injured his leg where he could have been fighting probably in a very quick amount of time again in the UFC. Yeah. So I had a lot of people who are throwing sympathy and I go, can this be a discouragement? (laughs) Can we finally reach that consensus? This is a bad choice. Nope. No one's going to learn from that. I (laughs) I hope so. Anyway, it was a very, very impressive moment. I was uh, very, very... Um, happy to see him get a knockout. I thought that was pretty dope. And I think at the end they asked him in the press conference to Dana, what are we hearing for him? You know, he wasn't listed as a fight bonus. And Dana goes, yeah, yeah, we're going to take care of him. Don't worry about that. Which, hey, listen, only makes me think maybe he's not getting a bonus. He's just going to get like a Venom care package. Yeah. <laughs> A free pass at the UFC Apex, even though he's already contracted with the UFC. <laughs> Complimentary towel service at the UFC Performance Institute. Perfectly fine. Yeah. G-Baby, you watched the fights, but you also had to watch them with the stress of knowing you had put some wagers down with Kevin. So yes. were your nerves okay when you were watching the fight? How did you feel about your fight picks overall? that night i feel really good about my fight picks okay okay why do you feel that uh i feel like most of them i got right i'm, I'm not sure Mm-mm, but this, okay okay <laughs> did i lose we're gonna get there i just want to make sure when you say oh i'm pretty sure most of them are right like this is what tells me how people took school so they're like <laughs> eh, you know i got like half right it's like half is failing yeah, true. I mean, I was always a C-plus student. Well, okay. In that regard, you could be happy. So good on that. <laughs> um, but what I am telling you is is that you and Kevin had a close race. It was good. Okay. But what if I were to tell you? Bear in mind, could be problematic. Okay, okay. That you won. Really? You did. Yes. This is a little hard because Kevin's not here. So I don't oh. know if he's going to consider this a full loss because if you don't show up for the announcement, did you ever really lose? Uh, damn. Now I feel like the kid at the karate tournament who was just first place, but there was no one in his division. Yes, except <laughs> I think what ended up happening was you're the guy who won first. <laughs> legitimately and then the other person in the division doesn't show up for the photos would just look like they gifted you the gold like that's more of what happened in this situation so what does kevin have to do now he has to talk good about the shoot on the next episode on verbal tap okay i I mean yeah no i I know it's um (laughs) It's going to be a trying time. It's going to be something that I think we're going to have to get through. But if Kevin was listening, I don't know that he does listen to the ones he's not on. (laughs) 
if I'm being honest, I don't know. I think he just kind of goes, how did it go? And I go, it's fine. Shut up and show up next week. Uh, Would you have any advice for him? And if so, what would that advice be? You know, uh, you're not going to win at all. And if you're against me, you're never going to win. Wow. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Kevin, I'll see you next time for sure. (laughs) Where was this heel character last week? (laughs) <laughs> you caught me by surprise i didn't know <laughs> well you did you had enough time but i i'm just i'm wondering why when i'm like talk trash to kevin you're like eh. <laughs> nah. now you win you're like kevin who i don't mm, doesn't ring a bell <laughs> it's like that comedian thing when they're like oh you're a comedian tell me a joke and i'm like ah I, now i can't <laughs> i mean the good news is when you are a comedian you just have an act that you do here yeah. <laughs> You don't have to have an act. You could just literally say, oh, I like fight. And people go, yeah, okay, I like this guy. So it's not <laughs> like you're at a huge disadvantage. Nobody's going to sit there and go, mm, he needs a tighter five. They <laughs> basically will judge you. This is the best part about having a podcast. Most MMA podcasts and their listeners will judge you just by who you like. You don't even have to write analysis and be like, oh, you like that guy? Yeah, he's cool. I like him a lot. Poor Hemblow. <laughs> For the jo- uh, the job that I'm doing right now, I went to go get a COVID test to get cleared. And the dude giving the COVID test tells me, he's like, oh, man, nice shirt. And I am wearing my jujitsu and then coffee shirt, whatever. Yeah. And I go, oh, is he an MMA guy? Okay, what's up, man? Hey, yeah. And he goes, yeah, nice shirt, man. Uh, I, I train out this way. I train with this one guy and he drops a name and it's a pretty notable name out here in SoCal. And I go, oh my God, that's awesome, man. I was like, well, I got a, a podcast. He goes, no shit, man. What's the name of the podcast? I go, yeah, it's Verbal Tap. And he goes, I'm going to have to check that out. That's pretty dope. And I was like, dude, you're here to give me a COVID test. This is crazy that even my <laughs> fucking doctor for this shit is, or my nurse for this is like, well, I like that you like jiu-jitsu. I run an MMA gym. I want to be like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're friends now. <laughs> but I, you know what the worst part is? I saw that there was a little bit of a line behind me, and the guy was kind of like talking about this weekend's fights. And I go, oh fuck, I really want to talk with this guy about the fights, but also don't want to waste these poor people's time. And the guy goes, man, what about Nate? Man, what about Nate Diaz? And I go, oh no, don't. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I have no choice. I have. I'm going to. And then I did it. So no shame. Hashtag. If you're listening, Dr. Nurse Dude, welcome. I hope you like the show. If you didn't listen to it, I think this is a testament to how crazy it can be. So yes, even when you least expect it, G-Baby, always be ready. Always be closing. I'm going to end this by allowing you a little bit of time to just ask me whatever it is you want to ask, because I know there's something I'm missing this week and I don't know what it is. So I'm going to give you a couple seconds, figure out if you got a couple questions for me, anything current, anything, whatever you want to hear. I just figured I was like, dude, the MMA world was overtaken by this weekend's fights. I don't remember if there was anything else that we didn't cover. But if we did, this is me covering my bases. G-Baby, is there anything you want to ask me about topical MMA or jiu-jitsu? Go. 
So, do you think Paulo Costa against Marvin Torre is going to happen? That would be fun. I think that makes sense, right? Like, because these are two doofy guys. Yeah. That just <laughs> don't have anything on their dance plate right now. And the They're fact too, that... They look like two nightclub douchebags, too. That's the funny part. It's essentially what would happen if the night at the Roxbury Brothers took steroids and had to fight each other. Yeah, no, I, I think what it is for those two dummies is that they just say really unfortunate statements that the rest of us go, oh, uh, but we're a department. Oh, you're too funny. Vittori, did you put your pants on the right way? Come on, guy. Let's let's do that. And you know what the dumb part is? We've all worn something dumb in our lives that we go, uh, I put these on backwards. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've gone to important meetings where I go, my shirt is inside out. Yeah, and there is no way for me to fix this. <laughs> so I'm just gonna have to really commit to making it seem like this was a stylistic choice. Uh, I don't know. I would enjoy seeing that because I think really what we're gonna do is, if Izzy's cleared out a good portion of that division, we're gonna see a lot more people getting return bouts is mm-hmm. the mentality I have. Especially when Izzy didn't make sense going up one weight class, they're probably going to try and keep him there, which only makes things worse for that division. For the interim, yeah. for the people in the division, it makes it worse. For the rest of us who are fans of what Izzy does, yeah, I'm not against it. It's fine. Yeah, same. Well, I'm going to ask you a question, which is, yeah. what's coming up next for you, sir? Where can the people find you? What can they see you doing next? I know you get the podcast, but... Do you have any more competitions coming up? Do you have any special things coming up? Especially, I mean, you're going to Puerto Rico, so there could be a nice drop-in for that. But tell us where the people can find you and what can they expect next from you, sir? Uh, They can find me on Instagram at G underscore baby is not funny. That's the one one I was going to bring up with you. Yeah. When are we going to change that? I don't know. Do you want me to change it? Don't do it just because I said to do it. I now just... I feel like I'm forced to. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not an over-under count that. I just want to know, when did you decide to go G-Baby is not funny? Because I understand the mentality of it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to it. But I want to know, where did that come from? Uh, to tell you the truth, I just didn't – like all the people that I respect in the 10 Planet system, they don't really have 10P in their names. So sure. I was just like, I kind of want to be the person that they're like, hey, this guy's awesome. And then like, oh, he's a 10 Planet guy. I don't want it to be like, oh, that's a 10 Planet guy that does stand up. Okay. But then why yeah. would you say is not funny? Because I think you're funny. Yeah. It's just to set the bar low so you can never uh, disappoint, man. All right. All right. That's very good. <laughs> okay. Because what I want to bring up to you is the same kind of inspirational nonsense that you enjoy. Which is when you see your homie down talking themselves and they're like, hey, where can I find you at? Gee, baby's not funny. You don't think you're funny? No, I'm, I'm yeah. funny. It's just uh, I really like those lowered expectations, fam. Yeah, dude. Why would I pay to go see that guy do comedy? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then boom, surprise. And then you're telling your friends. <laughs> And then surprise, this is me doing uh, Dave Chappelle's best bits, but (laughs) my version. Um, Okay, well, okay, so people can find you at G-Baby is not funny. Sorry, G underscore baby is not funny? Yeah, and then on Twitter and Facebook is at G-Baby is not funny because it doesn't allow me to underscore it. 
<laughs> and yeah, you can find the shoot on YouTube, the shoot podcast, where I co-host it with Gabe Gambino, who's the lead singer of Manhigh, who is a fan of MMA, and he's hilarious, and I'm trying to talk him into doing stand-up. <laughs> okay. Okay. You, you do know that this invites him to try and get you to do MMA, though, right? <laughs> like, this is the, where the weird... Or, you know what? He should have to, like, make you do sing and, and perform. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I'll do it. Okay, okay. That's good uh, enough to even, And I'll do an MMA fight against Joshua Fabio if they let me. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm taller than him. I have the reach advantage. It's I, not every day I have it. <laughs> no, I, I believe you. And, okay, let me bring up three scenarios here. Scenario one. You beat Joshua Fabio. And then yeah. you forever are going to be known as the guy who fought Josh Fabia. And that's the only thing that people, when you die, that's going to be the thing that goes above your tombstone. Yes. Two. <laughs> you and Joshua Fabia actually don't end up fighting because of some nonsense that ends up making like the fight get canceled. And the time that they have to end up rebooking it, they go, why were we doing this in the first place? <laughs> and then they don't rebook it. So it wastes everybody time. The third one, if he beats you, I don't know that I can call you anymore. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Because the man has said that his deadly weapon is a stone cold stunner. And I feel like, if you lost to that, it's not only losing credibility as a jiu-jitsu artist, a mixed martial artist, but then as a pro wrestling fan that you weren't adequately prepared for a Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> I think that would check all the boxes where I'd go, listen, G-Baby, this is my last note to you. <laughs> You've been a great friend. You've served us well. Live a good life. And then like float away you know like that, that sort of yeah thing. i would totally take advantage of the mexican citizenship and never come back to. <laughs> <laughs> well that's perfect okay well listen i hope that people go listen to you on the shoot g baby you are nothing but a wonderful friend we were so happy to have you come on last week i'm sure in the future we'll find another time to rendezvous i'm sure you'll be on another fight companion in the future but I definitely wanted to bring you in for a silly game of over under Kevin. And I'm apologetic to the nth degree that Kevin wasn't able to come back, but I'm sure you will see him in the future. If not at the very least seeing a video of him saying how good the shoot podcast is, which it is just, you know, <laughs> it's like getting a five-star review that you wrote yourself. So I guess well, that's Damn what that's right. Here. All right. G baby. It's <laughs> been a pleasure. We'll catch you back next time. That's all yeah, for us here so at Verbal much. Tap. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...